This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Rear Admiral Wyman Howard, United States Navy, is a fourth-generation naval officer and a 1990 graduate of the Naval Academy. He is a SEAL officer who commands naval special warfare. He is commanded at all levels of special operations, including service as commanding officer of Naval Special Warfare Development Group. He holds several master's degrees and a professional certificate in artificial intelligence and business strategy from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And he's an Eagle Scout. Welcome, Rear Admiral Wyman Howard. Thank you, Michael. I'm grateful for the invitation to join your podcast. You know, this is going to be a nice podcast, I think, because you are in the midst of uh, a bit of a remodel, a redesign of Naval Special Warfare, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit. Uh, today. You know, you've been talking about the challenges faced not only by the U.S., but by its allies in facing irregular statecraft and operations in the gray zone. What do you mean by that? Well, we, we are at an inflection point, and we feel the urgency to deliver disruptive and necessary change to be ready for what's ahead. And what's ahead is uh, missions of greater complexity and greater political, strategic, and military risk. You know, there's thin margins between success and failure for what we do, and those margins are getting thinner. We're intending to deliver uh, irregular deterrence options for our civilian leadership that undermine confidence of our adversaries, deliver escalation off-ramps, and create greater leverage in, in crisis. And if deterrence fails, we are the inside force with, with the Marine Corps and the Naval Service. And we must be in position to create decisive access and targeting of our adversaries' capabilities for the joint force in the denied areas, in the denied seas. And that's the geography for us. It's the denied seas. That's the distinctive opportunity for naval special warfare to be relevant, survivable, and lethal, and evolve, uh, again, with, with urgency. You know, in the last two decades, you've been focusing, naval special warfare has been focusing on counterterrorism. Now, that was a significant shift from what I'll call, if you don't mind me calling it, the frogman roots of naval special warfare. You talked a little bit of a broad spectrum about this new mission. Can you get a little bit more detailed about what do you mean by this new mission? We look at a regular deterrence. You know, what we must do as a nation is uh, develop capabilities that hold our pure adversary systems at risk. And you know that's the, the addressable market use a business uh, distinction you know, that we are uh, foresighted on with naval special warfare. You know, over the last 20 years, you know, we really candidly over-rotated on counterterrorism. And I learned in business school, if you're doing anything in your business that someone else can do reasonably well, they don't have to do what you do as well. But if they do what you do reasonably well, you're at risk of going out of business. And I think we converged on, on a single uh, mission area in a way where we eroded the distinctive things that only we can do, which are from the maritime flank of our adversaries into the littorals that deliver uh, decisive effects uh, in conflict and deliver dilemmas in crisis. And in competition or peacetime, we need to be assuming the risks as a nation to set the conditions uh, to win if deterrence fails. Now, what does that mean for young officers, midshipmen and young officers, as you talk about what I will call, and I've heard you say this before, this idea of adaptability? 
I know that's one of the attributes that we as midshipmen are really promoting. What do you mean by adaptability here? We assess and select for leadership, character, and cognitive attributes. And within the cognitive attributes that we assess and select for, we assess for problem solving, fluidity, creativity. And adaptability is, you know, is something that our midshipmen uh, can evolve you know, while they're here at the school and, and, and challenge themselves to think differently, you know, be creative, uh, embrace uh, diversity of thought, uh, be open to new ways of, of, uh, of doing business. And you know, principally, my dad taught me, uh, he was a naval officer, commanded two warships, the, the Simpson FFG-56, he commissioned Simpson, and then he commissioned Anzio CG-68. And when you're being disruptive and transformational, we often move too slow, uh, or, or we, we don't deliver true breakthroughs, true step changes. And the analogy that he used growing up was the quintessential fishbowl with this single goldfish in it. The fish doesn't know he's in a bowl. The bowl defines the fish's existence. He can't see the bowl. Often we find ourselves spending a lot of time inside of the bowl when we want to deliver disruptive change. We take green gravel out, put the rainbow in, throw some vegetation in there. We're going to get really disruptive. We're going to pop a treasure chest in there. The bowl still defines the fish's existence. And oftentimes, you know, at these inflection points, we need leaders that will shatter the bowl, you know, shatter it in a million pieces and not be afraid of a new orientation to solving problems. When I reflect on General Eric Smith's article and proceedings in the April issue, Adapt or Perish, uh, this is what uh, the Commandant's leading. You know, it's, it's exactly the kind of disruptive change that credibly uh, deters uh, our adversary. And that's job one. Job one is to deter conflict. And our nations must assume greater political, strategic, and military risk to credibly deter our nuclear peer adversaries. So Admiral, we, and especially your team, knows how to you know, dive in cold water, jump out of helicopters on repel, do a lot of these crazy, risky things. But one of the things that we have a difficult time doing is that other type of risk, the organizational or career risk. You talk about shattering the fishbowl. What are you going to do? What's 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 your sense of how you and your command team can make it easier and more comfortable for your sailors to take these risks? The first thing we did over the last year and a half is, is we uh, gained approval to put a third of our combat ready, our combat validated force in reserve. And that's, that's absolutely critical to delivering step changes because we have to learn faster. And we can push the edge in new environmental conditions with new technologies, with new joint partners at lower training risk after we've mastered our core mission and our operational readiness cycle. So that force in reserve also increases our ability to uh, respond to emerging global missions. But the principal focus of that reserve force is to deliver step changes in, in capability and the environmental conditions that we can operate in. You know, the Vice Chief, Admiral Lesher, talks about embracing the red. We're embracing the red and our integration with the fleet and the Marine Corps during their exercises and, and other joint force partners. You know, we're using those exercises uh, for red teaming you know, to challenge ourselves in terms of our survivability and lethality. But principally, it's all about the people. 
and our recruiting model was was way too passive. Uh, we're SEAL Team Come Find Us. And we, over the last year and a half, have invested in a new assessment command. Uh, and they have two accountabilities. One, get left of contract, get left of recruitment, and proactively identify our candidates for the future, apply more rigorous assessments for character, leadership, and cognitive attributes, enroll them in what it means to, to serve with us, and frogmen solve hard problems. That's the opportunity, develop as a leader and solve hard problems. And we're not uh, a counterterrorism force. It's one thing, that one contribution to our national security, but it's not the most distinctive thing. The most distinctive thing that we do is access uh, denied areas. We are investing in new platforms for denied area access, new technologies, effects, regular effects that are scalable. And we are experimenting with new command and control concepts as well. As you hit a threshold of complexity and risk, it's it's absolutely critical to integrate man train equipped with command and control uh, to go cradle to grave from concept development, planning, rehearsals, the wire brushing, the red teaming. So you get into execution of the highest complexity, highest risk missions, and you're able to see and mitigate risk in situ in a way that uh, addresses the political, strategic, military risk of these operations. You know, I see part of this new outlook is to build competitive combat advantages around artificial intelligence and marine learning. I got to tell you, I don't see a SEAL team member as that computer head, the, the, the guy or gal who walks in there who is able to actually hack into a, a situation. Tell me about that a little bit. We benefit from the Navy's investment in, inside of our formation with an incredible uh, depth and capability in cyber electronic warfare. But we've also gotten uh, too dependent on direct support on our missions. If we could afford to bring direct support, to bring subject matter experts uh, with us on our objectives. If we controlled all the variables. We very much had superiority. In the future missions, uh, that direct support uh, with some of the profiles that we're talking about for infiltration, exfiltration, uh, won't be with us. And so we must build those capabilities organically into our operational formations. You know, that was one of the primary drivers of our reorganization of our of our SEAL platoons, which is at the tactical level, you know, our core tactical formation. Uh, but building in cyber electronic warfare and multi-domain unmanned system capabilities at the tactical level within the operational force is something that we're pursuing. We have great partners with the private sector. We recently hired uh, as a highly qualified expert, a chief technology officer, and we, we have two capstone initiatives around AI and ML, one around the human warfighting system and how we see ourselves more precisely across mind, body, spirit, and performance, uh, continuous assessment, a culture of continuous assessment, and the other capstone initiative is all about unmanned systems, multi-domain unmanned systems that must be increasingly autonomous and interoperable, and that's where AI plays on the edge. Rear Admiral uh, Mayer, the father of the Aegis combat system, exhorted his teams to Build a little, test a little, learn a lot. How does that work within the new Naval Special Warfare team? And, and I, w I was raised on that mantra. You know, I'm in blues for this podcast, and I'm wearing on, uh, on my blues. I always have my Aegis uh, tie clip that Admiral Meyer gave me when I was nine years old. My father was on his team uh, at the beginning. You know, his leadership, that approach, that iterative but rapid approach to experimentation and risk-taking is uh, critical to uh, delivering new capability, doing it rapidly, 
experimenting with options that are that are cost imposing, and and, and those are those are the asymmetric regular cost imposing options with unmanned systems, for instance. You know that we have to be the we have to win. We have to be the masters of that. So you know, again, that mantra really influences the experimentation we're doing. Why I put uh, with General Clark's approval and support. Why we've put a third of our combat ready force in reserve to do that experimentation as, at lower training risk, as I've already explained, and the integration with the fleet and the Marine Corps right now. We've never been closer to the Navy. We've never been tighter with our submarine force, which is absolutely critical to deterring our adversaries and providing the reach to hold the strategic targets at risk. The experimentation, the iteration, the risk taking is is what we are uh, fully committed to. Admiral Lyman Howard, thank you for talking about risk-taking and adaptability, not only in Naval Special Warfare, but the Navy Marine Corps team. Thanks for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.